Welcome back to the world famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Hey, Joseph. Hey. Guess what? Talk to me. I got the wrong page. Keeping it in. <laughs> while, while you're finding the right page, a reminder to everybody out there, if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a review on iTunes. Give us that five-star rating. You know we've earned it. You can also find us both on Twitter. I'm Joseph Denver 7 He's Denver 7 Traffic. I actually jumped off the social media because I got a little sick of it. I'm not you did? Lie. I did. I, I am about there, too. Too many. This rapid bike crowd too much for me i can't I are can't, they getting after you it's not that they're getting after me it's that you can't engage them with the discussion that no. doesn't revert back to well bikes deserve all the same things as cars and while yes that is true we need to focus on realistic goals right now not your unrealistic oh look at the way that this engineer built this crosswalk to kill people no he didn't he built it because he had no other options or he just wasn't thinking clearly that's not entirely his fault and it's certainly not something where you accuse a crosswalk engineer of being a murderer right it brings me to a uh twitter uh rant not it this is one another uh, example from our friend David Bloggs or David Bloggs, <laughs> <laughs> David Sachs over at Streets Blog, who uh, did this whole Twitter thing, and I'll get to that later. Um, but it, it was it well anyway. It was quite the example of being a real big a, a, a to do. It, 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 I don't like to-dos. What I will tell you also, and we didn't mention this off the top, we've been doing this podcast for two weeks shorter than I've been married, and we've never discussed which we think is going to last longer, the podcast or my marriage. Uh, well, I'm hoping it's your marriage. I think so, but I also think this podcast could go on forever. Yes, it could. It could. Not only daily, we could actually do this daily. We could do this as a daily show. That's true. Oh, Obviously, we're doing it as a weekly show. Uh, but I think, and I hope, and I... I pray, frankly, that your marriage lasts much longer than this podcast. Uh, let me, so I bring it up to say this. There are two very strong relationships in my life, and I think both. we're looking at, like, decades here for both of them. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm all in. Decades of driving you crazy. Because we're up to 80-something, 80 87, I think, here. I think this is number 87. Yes, it is. Which is really remarkable in my book. I didn't think we were even going to get this far. I, I did. Did you? I, maybe. I am. All right. So, and, and, and in my head. Here is the here's the idea. When we get to 100, we have to have some kind of a story written because you 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 do this for a living. You're you're a That's writer correct. for a living, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe we should write up a story now that says, "Hey, we want to celebrate the 100th episode of the Driving You Crazy podcast, and uh, it, it's a show about this and that and the other thing, and we have great times, and these are the people that's involved, and these are the people we've talked to, and this is the stuff that we've covered over the last hundred episodes, and let's go on to another hundred episodes, and we could have that story written, and then it would be published by our denverchannel.com digital staff over there, right? On the day we do the 100. So you can look for that article in November <laughs> when we do our 100th episode. I hope so. Maybe we should write it now and that way it's ready to go and then because it will take them that long just to get it and to publish it, right? Uh, okay, there, good. Uh, so a special welcome also to, to the former Channel 4 uh, news anchor, Tom Mustin. Our boy Tom. Yep. Love you, Tom. He's already been on the air. He started here this past weekend. It was odd to see him on air. 
because I am so used to seeing him on Channel 4 after Denver Bronco games. The Channel 4 set and the Channel 7 set are very distinct, right? They're both like super different. And so watching anybody walk out of one and into the other, uh, Channel 4 I compare to like watching TV with cataracts and Channel 7 is like watching TV <laughs> through clear eyes. There you go. Sorry, CBS. Yeah, sorry, CBS. Uh, it, yeah, but it was, it was nice. So welcome, Tom, to the team. Maybe we can have him on the podcast, even though I don't think he really gets he gets uh, uh, amped up about anything. Uh, he's not really lively in that sense. Driving you calm with yes. Tom Mustard. <laughs> there you go. I think I, maybe, maybe we'll do a quick short. You know who's been bugging us to get on this show is Mr. Hoppo. Oh, Thomas. Oh, yeah. He is, he is begging. He is chomping at the bit. He's actually been almost bribing us to get on the show. I mean, after the Nicole Brady appearance, I think there's a very high bar for any guest on oh, this podcast. And, and there's buzz in the newsroom that other people want to be a part of this right here. And so we'll, maybe we'll talk to him this week. We'll, have, uh, we'll play it for you next week. Um, so we'll just see how it goes, I guess. We'll, we'll have him on and see how, what happens. It's an exciting and long and windy road to episode 100, but... Darn it, we're going to enjoy every minute of it. I wanted to start the program today, Joseph, with the winner of the best DUI story of the week. Great. Today, I present to you Lauren Cutshaw. Lauren was stopped by police after blowing past a stop sign at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> Lauren was slurring her words. She smelled of alcohol, and her eyes were bloodshot and glossy when a police officer pulled her over in her 2011 white Ford Fusion in the town of Bluffton, South Carolina, which is right next to one of my favorite spots, Hilton Head, just north of Savannah. Mm -hmm. um, she had a blood alcohol test that registered 0.18%. That's twice their legal limit. Yes. Okay. They also found some pot in the car. So she was partying pretty heavy. Lauren apologized for speeding and running the stop sign, telling the officer she was on her way to her boyfriend's home after a couple of glasses of wine at a nearby restaurant for her 33rd birthday. So she was partying it up with a couple glasses of wine to get her BAC at .18. Those are large glasses of wine, people. If you, if you couldn't do the math there, those are more than a couple or some very, very generous pours. Now for the best part of this story. Wow. When the officer advised Lauren that she was under arrest for drunken driving, Lauren listed multiple reasons why she shouldn't be locked up. She said she had graduated with honors from a highly accredited university. She was a cheerleader, a dancer, a sorority girl, and was almost valedictorian. And the best part is that she told the officer on the way to jail that she is a very clean, thoroughbred white girl. <laughs> Very clean, thoroughbred, white girl. Just shaking my head. I have nothing to add. I'm just shaking my head. Um, officer asked what that had to do with anything. Lauren apparently replied, you're a cop. You should know what that means. So there are racists in South Carolina. <laughs> No! And this would probably be one of them. She also said that she didn't want to know what it's like to go to jail and that she's a pretty girl. She said, please don't make me go in there. She definitely went in there. I mean, she was, she was in there. There was no way he was not going to put her in there. And that's exactly where he put her in there. That's where she was. All you can really do with a story like this is pray that 
she reads all the media coverage of her, that she is now uh, the drunk driver who told the cops that she was a thoroughbred white girl. Right. Like now she has that stigma. So hopefully that leads to some self-reflection. And maybe we think about why our drunk self decided to air these feelings that I think we all know shouldn't even be there, much less be expressed. Well, she was probably in there all the way until her boyfriend that she was planning on visiting hammered, um, bailed her out. That's what I that's what I imagine. Do they not have Uber in Bluffton, South Carolina? Probably not. Right. Uh, Savannah, probably. And I, probably all the way up to Hilton Head. I could say you could get the Uber from, from there to there. Do you think the wine was in a box? Uh, the odds are probably high. I would say the, the bottles are probably less than $10 each. Mm. Hmm. And now for sailing news. Yes. I wish I, I, wish I had a sailing Woo! news sounder. Australia's Wendy Tuck became the first female skipper to win a round-the-world yacht race after clinching overall victory in the Clipper event. Tuck and her Senya Serenity Coast team finished ahead of 10 other teams. Miss Tuck said, I don't think it's about being a woman. I just do what I do. But I'm very proud and even prouder of my team. They're the ones that did all the work considering many had never sailed before. What they have accomplished is incredible. There you go. Just for you, Joseph. Sailing news. And the Denver 7 Yacht Club rolls on. And congratulations to Ms. Tuck and her non-sailing team for winning that round-the-world race. (laughs) Non-sailing team. Good work, Wendy. That's how they did it, because they didn't know how to sail. Wow. Yeah, just like Moana. All right, so the end is near for the free-for-all of traveling with emotional support animals, Joseph. Royal Caribbean, the cruise line that I will be uh, going on. In January, for a little sojourn down into the Caribbean, they have just updated their policy regarding emotional support animals by announcing that effective immediately, emotional support animals may not sail aboard Royal Caribbean ships. Your emotional support dolphin will have to stay in the ocean. Not even dogs. No. Wow. No dogs, no cats, no anything. Wow. The cruise line said that emotional support animals are not recognized by the Americans with Disability Act and therefore are no longer allowed. However, Royal Caribbean issued a statement regarding the change and why it was implemented, saying we are updating the policy to differentiate emotional support animals from service animals that are trained and certified to perform a function for a person with a disability. It's important to us that all our guests enjoy their vacation, which is why we put into practice this new policy. Royal Caribbean's policy remains the same for service animals traveling with guests that have a physical or non-physical disability. So it's service animals, the ones that are going to help a, a, let's say, a blind person for the most part, Mm -hmm. get around a ship. They are still allowed because they are actually helping somebody out do something. Not your emotional support goldfish that you took on your cruise that you have up there in the cabin that you think that's going to help you get through your week-long sojourn into the uh, into the waters, warm waters of the Southern Caribbean. Well, let's be honest. If the Americans with Disabilities Act does not specify that you need this animal, do you need this animal? No. There you go. You do not. And Royal Caribbean is now joining Southwest Airlines, which you'll hear in the news later today, which announced it will restrict emotional support animals on its airplanes. Southwest says that their new policy will take effect September 17th and will provide clear guidelines to customers hoping to bring such animals onto its flights. 
The restrictions include limiting emotional support animals to only dogs or cats, limiting pets to one per customer, and requiring them to remain in a carrier or be on a leash at all times. Southwest says passengers traveling with emotional support animals must still present a complete and current letter from a medical doctor or licensed mental health professional on the day of departure. So they are clamping down on what types of animals you can bring and how you are interacting with those animals while they are on board. Having said that, there are a lot of licensed doctors and mental health professionals out there. And if you want to skirt your way around the rules and get your dog on the plane, you are probably going to be able to do it. Yes, you're probably still going to be able to do it, but you still have to keep it leashed. And yep. they probably will, I would think, amend this to make sure that the size of the animals are also not too obtrusive. Because coming on there with your emotional support Great Dane will be a lot different than your emotional support Chihuahua. My favorite part of this is that you only get one. I didn't realize people were traveling with four mo- emotional support animals. Yes, they were. Tra- yes, you had multiple animals that you could travel. I'm going to bring the, my entire Iditarod team on the plane and say they're all my emotional support animals. Uh, hopefully, you're going to be in the back of the plane. <laughs> Uh, that was for emotional support animals. Now, for service animals, Southwest says it will accept only the most common service animals: dogs, cats, miniature horses. Because apparently, there is a provision in the Americans with Disabilities Act that includes uh, miniature horses as service animals. Although how an airline would actually accommodate a passenger requesting to bring a miniature horse on the airplane is still a big question. What else could we add to this list? I could see an emotional support pig, perhaps. Well, you'd have to get it approved by the uh, ADA. Okay. That's where it's coming from. Interesting. That's why you could get your little horse on there. (laughs) Southwest says in a statement... That for the health and safety of their customers and employees, unusual or exotic animals will not be accepted. And Southwest says it will do more to recognize fully trained psychiatric support animals as trained service animals. I didn't know there was such a thing as psychiatric support animals. They're just trying to make these things more and more complicated as we go on. Now, previously, Southwest had said that they informally accepted PSAs. As trained service animals, and Southwest defines psychiatric support animals as individually trained animals able to perform a task or work for a person with a mental health-related disability. So that would be different than a, you know, a senses-related disability of some sort, right? Um, or physical ability of some sort. Yeah, you're talking about somebody who, like, Maybe an animal PS- that P- PTSD or anxiety, something like that. Yeah. All right. Well. A credible verbal assurance will be sufficient, apparently, to travel with a PSA. Though Southwest adds all emotional support and service animals must be trained to behave in public in a setting with other people and must be under the control of the handler at all times. Southwest said it updated their animal policies after reviewing the recent enforcement guidance issued by the uh, Department of Transportation and evaluating feedback from both customers and employees the company says it also uh, consulted with numerous advocacy groups that represents customers with disabilities who travel with service animals. Southwest joins American Delta United in tightening their rules on flying with emotional support animals. So there you go. No more loophole. Well, I mean, there's nothing to complain about here. This sounds like a really common sense set of rules. Yes. Keep that llama off the plane. And the alpaca. Because some people get alpacas and llamas confused with each other. Neither one of them. Because you don't want a spitting llama on your plane. Or a ferret. I don't know if ferrets spit, 
I know they spray. Um, ostriches, don't they spit? Sure. Couldn't you have an emotional emotional support ostrich? I, I would like an emotional support rhinoceros. How about a peacock? There you go. We've already had the emotional support peacock. Armadillo, I, I still say that it would be my choice to have the emotional support armadillo. Just not a sea creature because then you have to truck an aquarium with you everywhere and that becomes cumbersome. Oh, most definitely. Coming up, have you ever been splashed by a driver when you're on the side of the road? All the time. Do you wish something bad would happen to that person? No. Well, you should, and it could. We'll explain that as the Driving Your Crazy podcast continues. With no trace, no chance to defend The truth Lisa Hidalgo, and you're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with the crazy himself, Jason Luber. I, I don't get to see the morning show. I get to hear it. And I think between you and Lisa uh, bantering back and forth, that's actually pretty funny in the morning. Uh, some of Mitch's dry sense of humor that he throws out there, that's pretty comical also. Daryl Orr, only on Denver 7. Molly, why should people watch the Denver 7 morning show? I don't know. No. <laughs> Because we have a lot of fun in the mornings. We've got a great group of of, uh, co-workers that we all work with. We all get along. There's great energy. Of course, we're on top of your breaking news and your weather and your traffic. But I don't think that that's what makes the morning show so great. I think that it's the people that I work with. They're all fun. You know, we're a little crazy. You have to be a little crazy to get up at... 2.30 2.30 in the morning and come into work and, and look alive on TV. Molly Hendrickson, only on Denver 7. Sing a song for life in the morning As the sunrise waltzes through me Welcome back to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Hey, Joseph, I got the uh, got a call the other day that came into the Driving You Crazy voicemail, and I wanted to get your take on this call. Okay, are you ready? Yep. Here, here, we, here we go. Call is from First Cash Advance. You have been approved for a loan up to $15,000. No upfront fees, no security deposit or processing charges. So, call us back on our direct line number 312-392-5859. Let me repeat that for you. 312-392-5859. Thank you and have a great day. There you go. Seems so, legit. It does seem legit. Don't you th- now we could get a loan. Oh, perfect. Um, we can so finally if we need um, operating capital, if you will. Um, we now have it. With all that money, we could finally buy that podcast studio that we'll never be able to pay back. Yeah, exactly. Um, we could be in the upper echelons of podcast uh, hosting. I mean, Mark Marion. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll Anthony tell you what. Kumia. I mean, we are on their tail now. I am satisfied with the echelon I currently reside in. Okay, good. There you go. <laughs> well, it's a very dark day in the comedy world, Joseph. Very sad indeed. The world is now a lot less funny. Uh, it would be a tragedy if we just lost one legendary comedian, but there simply is no words to describe the loss. 
comedy fans are feeling after this latest crash. What happened was Jerry Seinfeld and Kevin Hart, they were filming an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. They crashed into James Corden and Justin Timberlake filming an episode of Carpool Karaoke, and everyone was killed. Oh, awful. Apparently, Kevin Hart's hilariously manic description of his first time trying coffee caused Jerry Seinfeld to become so distracted that his 1940 Bugatti drifted across the median and into the oncoming 2017 Range Rover driven by James Corden, who was be belting out a carpool karaoke version of Sexy Back with Justin Timberlake. Oh. All four, unfortunately, were killed instantly, making this tragedy even harder to bear. Footage from the carpool karaoke reportedly shows that Corden was hitting a really funny high falsetto note while humorously putting his hand to his ear like he was an artist in a recording booth. Sounds like it would have been a really great comedy moment that's been cruelly robbed from the world because of this tragedy. It's undecided at this time whether this episode will air or not. I think it's only appropriate that they are the episode. One, one final tribute to Justin Timberlake and all that he's done for the world of music. This would, of course, be tragic news if it were true. Um, this comes to us from the satirical news site The Onion, but I thought it was quite humorous. And sad. And sad. And sad. I mean, theoretically, I guess it could happen, right? Not likely, but it's possible. I mean, they do tape them both in New York, and you know Jerry Seinfeld is not paying attention when he's driving. No, he's not. No. He's usually laughing too hard. Bad driver. All right, back to school. Uh, it means that it's time to return to having to go through the dreaded school drop-off lanes. I'm a little bit scared of this myself, and I'll explain why coming up in just a minute. It can be aggravating. It can be a tough experience for just about anyone, but for moms who aren't morning people, the process uh, can be really tough, really annoying. Susanna B. Lewis, she's the author, comedian, and woman behind the Facebook page, Woe Susanna. She parodied the experience in her latest video, which has about 8 million views on her Facebook page, and she shared it with Good Morning America. So take a listen. I've only been awake for seven minutes. Look at this one right here, tangled up in the seatbelt. Hey, this ain't days of thunder. They could have unstrapped way back there. We're not rolling through here 75 miles an hour. Look at her. She been up, dressed, worked out this morning, took a shower. Overachiever. Pull up to the cone! We've been in school a week and she is still taking pictures of him walking into this building. Oh my lord. Got the poor librarian out here wearing a construction worker vest. You're doing a great job, Miss Davis. Great job. Bless her heart. What are they doing? The In My Feelings Challenge? Kiki, go to class! Come on now. You've given them a kiss. You get what are you what are you telling them the story of the day they were born? Get your kid out of the car. That seat belt is wrapped around his backpack like yarn wrapped around a kitten's tail. I'm about to get out, beat on her window, and tell her to move up. I would. I would if I wasn't sitting here in pajamas and hadn't brushed my teeth. I sure would. Good Lord. What kind of speed bump is that? Tore off my skid plate. I'm going to have to say something. Move. Get out the way. Get out the way. What is the holdup? Bye, baby. Have a good day. Love you. Bye-bye, baby. 
Based on the comments uh, on the video, the frustration with the school drop-off line is widespread. One person said, amen, my kids exit the van like paratroopers. We slide up, the van door open, and I'm, go, go, go. I love you. Have a good day. <laughs> As the door is closing and I'm rolling out. What I understand is that a lot of schools employ the hug and go, which is you pull up to the line, you hug your kids, and the kids go. You and don't even really hug. Exactly. It's just you drive up and they get out and you and you go. Perfect. Now, why make it more complicated than that? I'm concerned about the pickup line process and drop-off line process now because we're going to be going to a new school. We were going to uh, one elementary school, and now we're going to be switching elementary schools. And the old line was pretty easy. You just really, you had this big long line. You draw, you, the car door opens, the kids get out. There are parent or uh, teachers there to greet them. They shut the door, and off they go into the in, into into school. It was pretty simple and pretty easy. And the and the pickup line was similar. Now the pickup line for me, I would park and then I would walk, and I would usually stop and talk to the bus drivers for a little bit. Just because I, you know, I, I like to get the inside scoop on the Douglas County um, busing district. So, hold up. To be scoops. clear, you were not in a pickup line. You were parking your car and then walking up to the front door. For pickup, yes. Okay. Now, my wife was doing most of the drop-offs. But okay. there were occasionally times where we would do the uh, pickup line, where we would get in line in the car and then pick her up. But she was always, because I would... I would say 98% of the time, I was there waiting at the front door to pick her up. But this is going to be different now. I'm not allowed to do that. They, they have sp- specifically told me I cannot come there, park, walk to the front of the school, pick up my daughter, and then walk back to the car, get in the car, and then leave. That is not allowed. <laughs> and if I wanted to make her a go home on herself by herself as a walking kid i'd have to write this uh i'd have to get this uh this note this letter whatever it is and then fill this uh, paper out and make sure that they have it and then she would be able to be dismissed where she could just walk to walk home but i wouldn't then they they expressly also because they 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 sent out like this four page list of rules and regulations about the drop off and pickup procedure and see i i i'm 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 I guess blessed enough where I I can I have the time at three thirty to go pick up the child. I was gonna say let's go three sixty on this right. Like on the one hand, I'm sure a lot of people wish they could have your leave it to be for life, where you get to go to the school and pick <laughs> up your kids and yeah. hang out and chat with the bus drivers and like leisurely walk back to your car. Ward you Cleaver can... was never getting up at two twenty in the morning. <laughs> right. So that so on the one hand, yeah, like if you have the ability to do that, there shouldn't be anybody stopping you from doing that. Now, the flip side of that is, what makes you so special, right? Like, Don't you every, know what I do for a living? Everybody is trying to get out no, in I the same care. way. We're not trying to cause a traffic jam, and the easiest way for everybody to get out into an orderly fashion is for everybody to follow the same set of rules. It's the same way you get out of a parking garage. It's the same way you get out of a concert venue. You, you should know to. this about me. I'm not good with rules. That's true. I am not good with rules. And I, and I, frankly, not that I'm above the law, as, I'm, as nobody's above the law except for me. When it comes to picking up my kid from school. Yep. I want to do these things, but I am being forced. Now, I'm going to figure out a way to get this done. You should sign her up as a walker, have her walk a block down the street, and pick her up there. That's what I was thinking. However, there really isn't a block in this neighborhood. I could have her go to the Elkridge Park 
there you go. walk right over to the park. Now, that would be a problem during, let's say, bad weather days, snowstorm. Because I'm thinking, I, you know, most of the school year is during the winter time, mm-hmm. And there are some days where it's cold or it might be snowing a little bit. It's yep. not, you know, it's not that horrible. But I, it can be bad. Okay. So I'm trying to think about those days as well. But I like sitting. I, I like. But in the old in the old school, there were a lot of parents that did the same thing. They would be there waiting to pick up their kids, and most of them were the kindergartners or whatever. Yeah, occasionally, yeah, yeah. the other kids. But there were a few of those. I, you get to talk to those people, and I you, you used to like talking to the bus drivers. And so new so, new plan. New plan. You stay at home. You sign your kids up as a walker, and they can walk the three miles back home and get a little character. Yeah. Yes. They can they can build they can build some character as they run away from the mountain lions chasing them down the street as they spend ninety minutes on their commute home <laughs> from school each day. Exactly. So we'll see how it goes. Monday is the first day of school for my girls going to this new school. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll be uh, with them Monday and Tuesday, and, and um, Wednesday you'll be banned from the property. Probably it won't take very long. I'll tell you that. And they will yeah they will post haste make some new rules that will probably be coming out on Friday. That uh, I can then bring you to you next week. They're going to post your picture in the secretary's office, man. (laughs) Do not let this guy in. Just like all the pictures we have downstairs in our uh, lobby area for the receptionists uh, to know if you see this person, call police immediately. Um, So you've been warned if you are on the bad list at Denver 7, you're not getting in the building, folks. Uh, Have you ever been splashed by a car driving through a puddle? Yes. Hate it or love it? I mean, usually it's just kind of a funny inconvenience, right? I'm not going anywhere so special that I can't have a little water on my jeans. So, <laughs> Well, if I was a kid, I would love it. I tell you that. I've never had that happen really by accident. I can't recall a time that it's happened. I mean, it's, it's been on purpose when I was a kid, and I would stand there by a puddle and, and want to get splashed. I mean, that, that was an on purpose. Is that a thing kids do? Oh, sure. Okay. I mean, why not? I mean, that's fun. You get splashed by by cars. It's great. Well, I think so. What's most common is like if I'm walking in the middle of a rainstorm and the road is ponded over. Like when cars go through, they're going to splash you. There's no way around. It. Or this was, let's say, in this case, because there was a video of a van driver who was recorded intentionally splashing pedestrians, and he was right near the University of Ottawa, and it was after a rainstorm, so it really wasn't raining, but there was still a lot of water left over on the road in these big puddles, and you can see this van driver veering off to the side to hit these puddles and specifically try to splash these pedestrians that are that are there on the sidewalk. I mean that's that's kind of funny, right? Oh yeah. We're allowed to laugh at that, right? Oh of course you are. Okay. And a lot of people did and a lot of people other people were were really well pissed off. And after the video came out, there was a campaign from those really upset uh, uh, people to get that driver fired and it was partially led by the Ottawa Police Department and it worked. It worked. The company the driver worked for, Black and McDonald, different than McDonald's or Black and Decker. But imagine if Black and Decker and McDonald's did merge. What's Black and Decker? (laughs) Power tools? Sure. Have you ever been to a Home Depot? No. (laughs) Clearly. Well, anyway, Black and McDonald, they issued an apology on their Facebook page about the unacceptable incident saying, We apologize to everyone impacted by the recent incident in Ottawa of unacceptable driving by one of our van drivers. Police say that the matter is now closed and no criminal charges are being considered. Van driver, you don't need a CDL for, right? No, 
So I mean, like he'll he'll find work doing oh, something sure else. A, B. It's not like he's qualified to be a van driver. He's just a guy. He's just some guy. He's probably making twelve bucks an hour driving a van. And kind of a dick, if we're being honest. <laughs> he's splashing people on the side of the road on purpose. And that story was followed by another from the mother country, England, where they now have a new law that states drivers who splash puddles over pedestrians could be hit with a five thousand British pound fine. That's a lot of dough. It's not if you do it, it's if you get caught. And how many yes. people are really going to get caught doing this? Everybody has dash cams. Well, everybody in Russia. More people in Europe, I think, have them in here. But I've seen a lot more dash cams, including in Denver. Uh, there's a lot of videos that are being posted now. It's true. That's true. Uh, so some might see these soakings of passerbys as they speed along, as we do. A, a bit matter to laugh at. And some people are get really uh, upset about the whole thing. Now, the offense, they say, it's actually called driving without reasonable consideration, and the law defines that as a person's driving amounts to a clear act of incompetence, selfishness, impatience, or aggressiveness. Can we have that law? <laughs> that would take care of a lot of problems around here. Oh, my God. Think of the, look at the leeway you get with that one. Holy cow. Incompetence, selfishness, impatience, and aggressiveness. I just want to—this needs to be said— Every driver is guilty of a clear act of incompetence at least once a week. Oh, yeah. All of you. I probably do it at least once every time I'm driving home. No, just say once a week, man. Don't, don't put yourself in a box like that. All right, like so that. let's say. Uh, I'm just thinking about this morning's drive. Um, <laughs> don't, don't incriminate yourself. I did man. have a little bit of incompetence. Uh, I weaved a little bit. Uh, selfishness. No, I guess I didn't really interact with a lot of other drivers. Um, I did go a little bit fast as somebody was passing me, and I, I kind of followed them. Uh, impatience? Eh, I guess not. Aggressiveness? Yes. I had some aggressiveness on the way in this morning. So, State Patrol, I'm sorry, but I'm going to stick to the old philosophy that I've, I've stuck to for a long time. Cop didn't see it. I didn't do it. I think in England what you just described would get you the death penalty under this it new might. law. Yeah. And, and that five hundred or five thousand or whatever dollar or, or pound fine. British money. British money. Fake money. It is fake money. They they're trying to figure out between the euro and the pound, so they don't know where they are quite yet. America. I believe it's pronounced America. Yeah, get them all in the dollar, man. Um, <laughs> get them all. I have video from a while back on my Facebook page uh, where our breaking news reporter Daryl Orr. He was driving in downtown, and he was following uh, a driver, and that driver hit a puddle. It was a pretty substantial puddle. And the poor person that was walking on the sidewalk at the time was soaked. I mean, drenched. It was a waterfall that came down on this poor guy. But you know what? If I was wearing my work clothes, and if I was in my suit, and I, and that happened to me. Yeah, I, I probably and I was just heading to work because it was in the morning. I, I guess I'd be torqued off if I was driving. If I was going home, maybe a little bit less upset because I don't have to worry about being wet. And uh, maybe I had an important meeting that mo- you know that that morning. What you just described is not pleasant under any circumstance. No, if it is a full on waterfall. Oh yeah, and I am, was. And I am head to toe soaked, and like it messes up my hair and whatnot. Oh yes, that's a problem. Now, if we're talking, and that's what this this van guy was doing in Canada. See, that's a problem. It was a full on soaking. Like in a typical rainstorm, I can see getting like an ankle high splash or like a knee high splash. Right, I'm a tall dude, so maybe like hip high on some people, but a knee high splash that makes sense. 
But to get a full body? Oh, yeah. No, no, no it no, was no, full no. body, head, shoulders, no, 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 the whole no, no, thing. No, 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 All of it. Not on my watch. And this guy, because it was in the morning, and he was right across from the area campus where they house a couple of uh, like local community colleges. Yep. And it's, this guy, maybe he was a professor. And he just got drenched because he was going over to the Burger King to get a breakfast deal, whatever they sell over there. And then he was going to go back over to class, and, and now he has to teach the kids in the wet. New plan. Uh, they should put that driver in jail for as long as the victim is still angry. I'm sure that video is somewhere still on my Facebook page. You just have to look back a while back to find it. Right, but this know. gives you some leeway, right? Like, if I'm only mad about it for an hour or so, the guy only has to spend an hour in jail. But if it ruins my whole week, that guy yeah. is spending the whole week in prison there where you go. he belongs. Maybe that's maybe we should go back to the eye-and-eye, tooth-tooth kind of <laughs> sure. judgment, right? Yeah. Now, we were just talking about Canada, and, and Canadians are known really – for the most part, for being nice and relaxed. And passive-aggressive towards Americans. Yes, they do, though, have some pretty tight border controls uh, at the border crossings that they actually patrol. You know there's a lot of open borders there between the United States and Canada? Yeah, I, man. I, I, so th- this is way before. So I saw this story the other day, actually, I think it was on CBS, where they were talking about a lot of the open spaces between the United States and Canada. There's, like, lakes up around the uh, Great Lakes area. I mean, you just... No, you're talking about my hood, dude. Like, that's, that's, the next. that is exactly what it was like when I was a kid. I mean, you could just take an ATV over the border, and nobody's going to stop you. It's just wide open land. There's one crossing that's a highway, and everything else is pretty much grass. And there's three roads into Canada for a 90-mile stretch, pretty much. So... <laughs> You tell me how I'm going to get in. Am I going to take the road or am I just going to walk across? And that's I thought it was interesting because I like looking at maps and I saw these uh, and I would look at the border along, let's say, North Dakota. And you can find roads that just they did. They do a abrupt right or left turn right at the uh, coming out of Canada and going right to the United States. And there's roads that, that just parallel the border. And they they have these. Maybe what waist high markers? These square markers. These mm-hmm. look like little Washington monuments, and it'll just say United States on one side, Canada on the other. And there's nothing stopping you from walking from one side to the other. Well, in some of these border crossings that are patrolled, it's one dude. Like when I went, I went to through into Canada through the northernmost point, in New Hampshire. There's nobody on that border crossing. Like, and he wanted to search my whole car, wanted to look in the trunk, etc. But he was the only guy, and I was probably the only car he had seen for at least two hours. So he was he was looking for something to do. Just bored, yeah. And isn't there in maybe it's in Vermont? There's a a, a library or something that you can actually yeah. walk across. Like it's split or straddles the border. Something yeah, like yeah. That. You you start on one side of the library. You're in Canada. You walk across. You're in the United States. You can take a picture in two countries. They also have a very nice bar up there that uh, they put nothing but pennies on the wall. So it's like literally ten thousand dollars in pennies, and it's all of the fixtures are covered in pennies. Well, even so, Canada's Canada. border services they do patrol the major crossings, and they post some of the more interesting things that people try to get past them into Canada. Did you did you try to get something past your security guy? We uh, we smuggled peanut butter across the border, Uh-oh. and they came after us. Actually, did they really? <laughs> they literally like threw on the sirens and followed us over the border and pulled us over and asked what we were bringing across the border, and it was peanut butter. Did they confiscate it? No. Thank goodness. It was wild. It was a, yeah, yeah. Jif or? Um, Skippy. Skippy, of the, course. The light blue Skippy. I think that's the creamy. Well, here are some of the craziest things that people have tried to smuggle into Canada. Diaper sausage. You can stop laughing now. Sounds like, well, what comes out of the backside of a baby. Diaper sausage. 
Do we even need to do the rest of the list? I feel like this whole <laughs> setup was an excuse for you to <laughs> say <laughs> diaper sausage. It's actually just regular sausages that were stuffed into diapers to try to smuggle them into Canada. Uh, they were found at Toronto's Pearson International Airport. A couple of drug-sniffing dog, dog, uh, drug dogs sniffed them out. Diaper sausages. Eleven baby turtles. Little guys were rescued when an officer spotted them moving around. In the container they were in, Canada has very tight rules on different animals that can be brought in. Not turtles. No. Chocolate meth. They did not want chocolate meth into Canada. Someone tried to smuggle it inside these chocolates. Um, it made me sad because they ruined perfectly good chocolate with the meth. Uh, it was pretty elaborate, actually. They, they, they had these chocolates in these. It, it was like those um, those little round chocolates. What are they? It's like... Um, For- Fair Rocher? I don't know, whatever. You know, they, they have the fancy wrapper. Lindor the Lindor Truffles? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like that. And they were all wrapped up in that special packaging. Well, you have to wrap the meth and then put a chocolate shell around it, right? Yes, you can't let the chocolate did. intermingle with put, the meth. Yeah, and then they put the fancy wrapping around it, and they made it look like, oh, it's just a gift. A gift of chocolate meth. Uh, dead grass cutter rats. Actually, these are very large rats. It was a very large bag of dead rats. Apparently, these grass-cutter rats are extremely large, like raccoon-sized large, and obviously not native to Canada. Therefore, they didn't want them into their country. Um, But apparently, they're delicious if they're cooked the right way. People eat them. Good. An Aston Martin car. Now, you might think the car is not really illegal to bring into Canada. However, it's not okay to not declare that you bought the car And brought it into the country so you could skip out on paying the taxes. And the guy who did that to save on the import taxes was fined $11,000. Which is still probably less than he would have paid in import taxes. No clue. I'm a libertarian, man. No taxes. (laughs) Uh, A creepy wooden statue infested with insects. The statue looked at an ancient warrior with bumps all over his face. It was purchased as a piece of art, but the wood was infested with bugs and therefore not allowed into the country. Did the person not know that it was infested with bugs? I don't think so. But it was a creepy-looking statue with these creepy bumps all over its creepy face. Uh, And it had termites. And it had creepy bugs as well. There you go. Some of the creepy bugs. So here, funny story. Growing up in Detroit, our family would sometime load up the, uh, the old station wagon, head into Canada. So my parents said they would like to go over there to Canada because they could buy stuff that was cheaper than they could find it here in, you know, in the United States. And now that I'm older, I think they were actually going over there, buying stuff and not declaring anything as they were coming back. But uh, I don't know this for sure. But anyway, all right, so we're coming back from one of these little uh, trips over there. And they bought what they said was a bunch of China, you know, plates and dishes and, and the like. You know, yeah. you know, the, the, that stuff, China. China. Right. Well, being young and dumb and kids and we thought it was actually quite funny that we went to Canada to buy China as in the country. So when we get to the border crossing there in the U.S., the guy asked my dad if they have anything to declare and and I I think it was our laughing uh, from the the back seat because, you know, we were just dumb kids that uh, tipped off the guy and we said, yeah, we have China in the car. The whole country. And we're, we're just being stupid kids. Terrible. Well, of course, the border agent, you know, he, he decided to uh, 
to let us get screened a little bit more thoroughly after our laughing fit. The old pat down. <laughs> yeah. Rightfully so. Don't steal China, man. This guy, yeah. So we thought it was just as funny as could be that we had the entire country of China in the car. There you go. That's that's the that's the silly dumb things that kids like to like to have fun with. Gotta love kids, man. Especially in the back of a station wagon. On the way back from Canada in what, like the eighties? Uh yeah, it was uh probably late seventies. Nice. Yep. Nice. So a lot of disco in the car. Uh my my parents are into the Barry Manilow. They liked that. Oh for God's sake. Oh yeah, no, they liked all that kind of the Barry Manilow. They liked the uh, they liked the they loved the Grease album. Oh yeah. Oh, Hall and Oats. My mother is a huge Hall and Oats fan. Oh, loves the Hall and the Oats. So your parents are the Yacht Rock aficionados. Oh, Yacht Rock? Oh, yes. Most definitely. Yacht okay. Rock all the way. My goodness. All right. Well, that's about it for this uh, lovely episode of the Driving You Crazy podcast. You can always reach out and touch us, and uh, then we'll get a restraining order on you. Uh, until next time, thanks again for listening. And I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. I am sailing enthusiast Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.